0: I'm Steve Ducey.
1: I'm Dana Perino. I'm Tyrus. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, December 29th, 2023. I'm Grinald Scott. Artificial intelligence, should we embrace it or fear it? The answer to that could all depend on who has the better understanding of the growing technology and what your intentions are.
0: Those two things coupled together where you're getting an advantage on AI technology and consumer data allows China to basically conduct a very sophisticated cyber campaign against not only corporations moving forward, but also against individuals.
1: This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition.
0: This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.
1: Whether you understand it or you see it as simply something on your kitchen counter that lights up your house, artificial intelligence is something all of us are talking about. And the discussions are robust from the corporate boardrooms of Silicon Valley to the people in our government who monitor intelligence around the globe. The people who see AI as the means to an end that's not for the betterment of society are what agencies like the FBI and others are guarding against. And they have a great deal to keep their eyes on.
0: We've seen uh, significant penetrations of, of companies that are working on AI by the Chinese Communist Party and and agents that they embed in, in, in the United States and in other another allied nations, uh, where they're trying to get an advantage on the AI technology.
1: Gordon Lawson is a United States Navy veteran and is CEO of Conceal, a company that defends against cyber threats.
0: So I think that that's one part of it. And then the other part that I think we need to kind of lay on top of this is there's been a systemic infiltration of corporate systems over the last decade. This is not something that's brand new, but over the last decade, where you look at data breaches, and these are cybersecurity attacks with companies like Equifax, Anthem, Marriott, companies that have significant amounts of personal data on consumers. And so those two things coupled together, where you're getting an advantage on AI technology and consumer data, allows China to basically conduct a very sophisticated cyber campaign against not only corporations moving forward but also against individuals and I think that AI powered with that that data gives them a, a quite an advantage to be able to uh, to perpetrate those attacks moving forward
1: let's let's drill down a little deeper into that because you kind of touch on it right there I I know we talk a lot about AI and what access given to bad actors can do with it I don't know if that mm-hmm. has been Really explained, if someone gets a hold of this data, if someone gets a hold of uh, all this information, how bad can it be for someone to do something with that data against someone else? Is there sort of our levels of danger that we talk about when we talk about AI in the wrong hands?
0: What AI really enables one to do, and we obviously use this for for really positive purposes as well is it allows you to methodically at scale sift through lots and lots of data that's what language learning models do and you get smarter and smarter with what you can do with that data now that's why it's you can you can book travel online the google or microsoft versions now right with basically it's seamless it just does it for you and you have great options and it's tailored to you so those are the really convenient purposes of what ai can do but take that to the next level and say, you have a passport number on a person, you're able to have scanned banking account information for that person off the dark web. Oh, and maybe that person worked for the government at some point and their credentials or their, their information was was stolen in that that big OPM breach. Do you remember that from a few years ago where 20 million people who had security clearances? I do remember that. Was, was stolen. So start coupling all those things together now you can really start pinpointing some very very scary things you you could pinpoint maybe who's an undercover intelligence operative for the u s or an or an allied country because you're looking at those patterns at scale you could maybe pinpoint who's a business person that's working on sensitive information that maybe they're traveling to Taiwan now um, and you want to target them and now you can do maybe something where you you send them a sophisticated phishing email that talks about their banking. Aspects, they're, something on their credit score, something about their family, it's so targeted that it's very difficult to discern if it's real or not. And now maybe that person has fallen for it and their corporate systems are, have now been infiltrated on a cyber level, or they've given up other credentials to other sensitive items because they thought that this, that this multi pronged attack, which didn't just come through your computer, by the way, maybe it came through a, a legitimate looking phone number, they've given up credentials that are very, very, uh, that, that provide access to sensitive data. So think about this as just a huge data aggregation platform that before AI, those threat actors had to do it manually. Now they're doing it at scale with precision to be able to really conduct surgical attacks on individuals and companies. And that's where it gets, I think, quite scary.
1: So now comes the chess game. We know what bad actors can do if given the right parameters in AI to affect someone else. Intelligence agencies have been meeting, I'm sure, to say, okay, what can we do about this? And I think there was a meeting uh, like a a couple of months ago to to really talk about this. Is was there anything that came out of that or, or are the intelligence agencies saying, is there something we can do about this to stop? People from getting this information and using it against us,
0: for sure. And I'll, I'll say this as someone who has not worked uh, in the intelligence community for over a decade. Uh, you know, I was a naval officer and, and did work with them. So I'm just saying this as you know, as a as a layman now looking at the open source pieces of this, and also dealing with cutting edge cyber security threats as a CEO of a cybersecurity company. I think that they truly do understand the threat. I think the challenge that we face with anything that our intelligence. Community or our defense community is doing is really the partnerships with technology companies and startup technologies is critical in this because it's moving fast. You know, this is not a problem that the Raytheons, Lockheed's, Northrop governments of the world can fix. They have capabilities, but this is moving so quickly that I think it's really important that we have those public private partnerships where we're seeing the latest trends, what startups are doing in the AI fields, how they're able to to use this data and, and combat the mining of data in a very aggressive and positive way to help help us defend against it. And frankly, we need to continue to protect these assets more effectively because we're continuing to see really serious data breaches. And we saw, we saw MGM, think, think about the data you would get from your frequent gamblers at MGM. set aside the financial piece, from an intelligence perspective, you're getting folks who may have financial issues as well, right? So that's a potential target, someone that could be recruited and manipulated. There's all sorts of angles that can be used in a very, very negative way here. And so corporations and the government need to really work together to make sure our data is more secure. And those items that can be exploited by AI are better protected moving forward.
1: We're chatting with Conceal CEO and Navy veteran Gordon Lawson. More of our conversation in a moment. I want to shift gears just a little bit. We talked about the dangers that could be faced if AI is corrupted in the wrong hands, but we can use it for our benefit as well. We think of the military and autonomous vehicles, drones, and things that we use that can be used in airstrikes. Mm -hmm. That is a way it can be used to our benefit, streamlining military use and things like that. Talk about how we can sort of use AI to our benefit
0: here. Well, I think autonomous vehicles is is an incredible example. Think about the future of warfare here and where you're having potentially thousands and thousands of drones on a battlefield. There's no way that uh, individuals can control those individual like individually, even even in a distributed network. You, you need to have AI that allows those vehicles to make smart decisions to make a call on a target very quickly. So whether that's a a, a legitimate target or a fr- or, or something that's friendly that you know you should not be shooting munitions at. And I think that it's it's going to make our warfighting systems much smarter and much more I think deliberate and their their ability to prosecute. A combat situation, especially, and let's just let's just talk about the you know the the adversary we were talking about before in, in a in a Chinese Taiwan scenario, and just going back to, to to the AI piece, you know, 90% of the most advanced semiconductors in the world are made in Taiwan. So talking about a competitive advantage here, we know what China's ambitions are with respect to Taiwan. We know that them being able to take that manufacturing capability would only increase their ability to to do really advanced things on the AI front. So we need to use it in our advantage to be able to not only, I think, deter against potential conflict there, but also we need to help. You know, we need to bring some of that industrial base back to the United States and to allied countries, so we're not dependent on on manufacturing in a in a potential conflict area.
1: Let's put a fine point on it with a uh, practical example. We've got ships uh, in the Red Sea monitoring dangers out there in that war zone there. The AI can be beneficial to us there, monitoring us, uh, keeping our head on a swivel, as they say, protecting our assets out there and, and, and protecting others as well.
0: For sure. And I'll, I'll say the ship that I was on, the USS Lagoon, I was on it in the early 2000s. It was the one that shot down, I believe, three ballistic missiles and a, and three drones, you know, the warfighters we have on those ships, they have, the, first of all, they're extremely well-trained. They have amazing radar systems that are able to track the battle space really well and can see these threats incoming. But I think the challenge that we have is that it's very expensive to use basically missiles or, or, or munitions that were designed for, frankly, they were designed for Cold War-era combat against, you know, large uh, naval vessels. They weren't necessarily designed for drones, but they've been adapted for that. And I think that we need to continue to bring AI into the weapon systems of the ships like we saw in the Red, Red Sea this week and, uh, and and being able to really handle those threats at e- an even larger scale, which we know it will be a much larger scale when it's an adversary that are not rebels in Yemen. Mm-hmm. The threat is going to get more sophisticated. It's going to be larger volumes. And, uh, yes, as you're hit the nail on the head, we have to bring those technological capabilities to bear to be able to defeat those sorts of autonomous threats at a much larger scale. And, and I know folks are working on it, but I think it's something that, um, you know, unfortunately, I'm not sure we have, we necessarily have the best efficiencies in how we roll out sort of new weapon systems. I know there's a lot of reforms going on around this, and I do think we need to really bring a... More of a startup mentality to how we're evolving our our defense capabilities to make sure we can we can stay in line with the latest threats that are out there.
1: Very last thing: AI can be friend or foe. Is the prime thing that we need to be concerned about is who has their hands on it, who's using it.
0: For sure, I think we need we definitely need to be concerned about it. I think it's it's important to go into these situations eyes wide open. We need to know what our adversaries are doing, and I and I think that. By and large, this is kind of a this has been a really good bipartisan issue in Congress. I think folks know that there is a threat that China does. For, for, it's not just China, but China, Russia. There's there's countries that do present a threat here. But I also would say that the um, the benefits of us being able to continue to harness AI, the benefits are great. I mean, just from a a, a cybersecurity perspective, we're able to find patterns in these phishing attacks and in browser-based attacks through AI engines that we would never be able to have found in the past. And so the advantages are amazing there, um, but we just need to continue to be prepared and know that this is such a fast-moving problem that there's really no room for complacency, and we always need to be vigilant.
1: You know, if anyone thinks that AI is going anywhere, it's not. It's going to be with us for a long time to come. It's a matter of harnessing it and learning how to use it and learning how to combat it when it's a bad thing against us. Gordon Lawson is a U.S. Naval veteran and the CEO of Conceal. Gordon, thank you so much for joining us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition.
0: Thank you. Pleasure with you. you.